Shalom to all. Today's daf is Shabbos daf Nun. However, we're starting Memta Samud Bey's five lines from the bottom. The Mishnah told us, Begizet Semer ve'in metatlin, one may do hatmana with Gizet Semer shearings of wool, but may not move them. Amarav Rav says, Loi Shanuel Shalai Tamar Behen, that's only if you didn't do hatmana in them. Aval Tamar Behen, if you did hatmana metatlin, then you can move them. Eisvehu Merabon and Bar Yemel Rava, this one day Rabban and asked Rava, Rashi says that it was the first day he showed at the base Medrash, and that's why he's called, he's a one day Rav. The Gillian tells us that in Mesachas Chagiga, Rav Edi is called Rabban and Bar Yemel. Asked on Rava's opinion. Our Mishnah said you could do Atman in Gizit Semer and not move them. What are we supposed to do if we were Matman in Gizit Semer? There's still Muktza. on the top. You take off the cover and they fall off. So clearly we see that there's still Muktza even though you did Atman in them. Kashan Rava. Gemara answers, This was really Rava's halacha. That's only if you didn't designate them for Atmana. If you designated them, forever, for Atmana, then you're allowed to move them. Now we have a brass like this. That's only if you didn't designate them. You designated them, then you're allowed to move them. Ravina Ravina argues, and he says, This is talking about warehouse Gizet Semer. When it's a warehouse, so you want to put it back into the warehouse so you could sell it. So just because you used it, one Shabbos for Atmana, that does doesn't mean that it's not mukta, you still want to sell it. Tainamiachi, we have a brass like this. Gizet Semer shall heptic. If you have warehouse Gizet Semer, Ein Metaltan Asun, you're not allowed to move them. Vemaskin Balat Bias, Lishtamish Bahan. However, if the Baal Bias prepared them to use them, so then that removes their status of Mukta, Metaltan Asun, so then you can move them. Now the Gemara is going to tell us a couple of different ways how we can do Yichud designate something. Tano Rav, Rabachana Kameda Rav. He taught a brass in front of Rav. Chariel Shedakal, we have palm branches, not referring to Lulav, but referring to actual branches from a palm tree, ones that we use here in Eretz Yisrael for our schach, for our sukkah, shegedar and le'etzim, they were gathered just for firewood, so they're mukta, v'nim l'chaleim li'ishiv, and then a person decided he wants to sit on them. Tzarech l'kashir, you actually have to tie them together, you need to do a maisa, you need to do an act to show that now you're removing their status of mukta. Rabbi Shem Gamliel he argues and says, ain't tzarech l'kashir, you don't have to tie them together, all you have to do is just think about them, they just need chishov. Says the Gemara, hu tani la, he taught this b'raisa, Rabbi Baruchan, hu amr la, and now he says, Rav Amar Rav says, Karsha, you got to tie them. Shmuel Amar Chayshev, you could just think about them. Ravasi Amar, he says, Yoshev, if you sat on them Erev Shabbos, even though you didn't think about them, you didn't tie them together, that removes their status of Mokta. The Gemara asks, especially Marav, who the Amar Tanakama, Rav holds like the Tanakama, you got to tie them. Shmuel Nami, who the Amar Krav Shemagamlil, he holds like the Amar you could just think about them. El Ravasi, the Amar, come on, who does he say like? The Gemara answers, who the Amar Kiatani, he says like the following Tana. The Tanya, we have a Braisa. Yaitin Bipakarnu Batsipa, a person. Let it go out on Shabbos with a bandage of combed flax or combed wool on his wound. That's only if they were dipped in oil and tied with a string. This bandage was not for refuah purposes because that's us on Shabbos. It's simply there to protect his wound from getting irritated by his garments, and it's considered a garment, therefore, he's allowed to go out with it on Shabbos. However, if you didn't dip them in oil or tie them, so now you're not allowed to go with them on Shabbos because it's considered a bandage and not part of your clothing. However, if you went out with them like this, on Arab Shabbos, even for a little bit, even though you didn't tie them and you didn't dip them in oil, you're still allowed to go out with them on Shabbos. So we see if you performed an action with them before Shabbos, even though you didn't have in mind that this is specifically to remove their muqtza status, that automatically removes its muqtza of status, and that is who Rav Asi goes like. I'm Rav Ashi, Rav Ashi says, We have a mission like this. We have straw that's on a bed. Back in the day, straw was mainly used either for fire 
or for making bricks out of. However, sometimes people would use it for sleeping on. If you didn't do anything to it before Shabbos, it's gonna be considered mukta. So you have this bundle of straw on your bed. You're not allowed to move it with your hand. You're allowed to move it with your body. That's considered tiltum and outside, and that's not us, sir. If it was set aside for animal food, and animal food is not mukta, or if you placed a pillow or a sheet on it while it was still Arab Shabbos, so now you've actually done an action to it, so then you're allowed to move it with your hand. We see very clearly, as long as you did some sort of action to it before Shabbos, even though you didn't do any yichud, you didn't designate it before Shabbos for the specific purpose, you just did something to it, so therefore that removes its status of mukta. Uman Tana de Palak Rab Shimigamlail, who argues in Rab Shimigamlail, who's that Tana Kamba that says you have to tie them? Rab Khanina Ben Akiva, it's him. The Khiyas Rav Dimun Rav Dimun came from Rat Yisrael. Omar, he said, Ziri, in the name of Ziri, Omar Khanina, Pamachas Hach, Rab Khanina Ben Akiva, Lamaka Mechud. One time, Rab Khanina Ben Akiva went to a certain place. Umatzachari Shadakal Shadar Gadarm, Lusham Eitzam, and he found palm branches that were cut for firewood. But Amr Lahemu Talmidim, and he told his Talmidim, Tsuva Khashvu, go out and think about these, Kadesh and Eshvalim Machar, said, Tomorrow, on Shabbos, we could sit on them. Now, Veloyed. I don't know if that specific instance it was a chasana or if it was a base avil. People were mourning and me the base From the fact that he said it was either a chasana or as a base avil, dafka. It's only those base avil and base that you could simply think about it in order to be able to use them. The treaty, because they're very involved in the preparations for whatever they're doing. But over here, where you're not involved in anything, it's just a regular Shabbos. There's no happening like a chasna or a avelos, kasher in, like kasher light. If you tied it, then that's considered a yichud for Shabbos. If you didn't tie it, it's not a proper yichud for Shabbos. Now, regarding this sugya of yichud, a person could bring in a box full of dirt into his house and use it for whatever he needs. Remember, they had earth floors. So when something unpleasant dropped on the floor, some saliva, they wanted to cover it over with dirt. If you brought dirt inside, you dumped it out on the floor, you're allowed to use that. It's not mukta. You're allowed to use it to cover over anything unpleasant on the floor. That's only if you set aside a corner for it, you dump this dirt inside a corner. However, if you dump it in the middle of the floor, so then it's just like part of the floor. People are going to step on it and kick it, it's bottled to the floor, and it's mukta. Amr Abana Papa, Kiman, who's this halacha like that it's mutter to use this dirt if you put it in a corner? They said you need to do some sort of maisa to it, and you didn't do a maisa to it. All you did was dump it in your house. Amr Papa, no, I feel the same Rabbanan. It can even be like the Rabbanan. I'd kind of like Amr Rabbanan be in maisa. The only time the Rabbanan say that you need a maisa to allow you to use something on Shabbos as Elamidi de Bar Vida Maisa. It's only if you're able to do some sort of action to it. But something you're not able to do any sort of action to, like a bucket of dirt, so then you wouldn't have to do action something to it, you wouldn't have to do a maisa to it, and the Rabbanon would agree over there. The Gemara says, you know what, name it tonight, let's say it's machlekes tonight, whether or not you need a maisa when you're doing a yichud. You're allowed to rub vessels with anything to shine them on Shabbos. Silver, you're not allowed to rub with tartar, which is some sort of deposit that's at the bottom of a wine barrel. It makes it very shiny, but it also scrapes it as it's making it shiny, and that's an Isra of a machik. But if you want to use Nasser and sand, mutter, that would be permitted. Vatani, we have another brace that tells us Nasser v'chal Usr, the Nasser and Chal are Usr. It must be the Machlekes is Demar Savar, but Inyan Maisa. One 
Manda Amar says you need to do a Misa to it, and therefore Nesser and Chayl are going to be Mukta, and unless you do a Misa to it, you're not allowed to use them to shine your Kalim. You don't need a Misa. So we see Tzimachlekes Tanayim. The Gemara says no. You really don't need a Misa. What's a Machlekes over here? Harab Yehuda. One Brisa that says you're not allowed to use Nesser and Chayl is Dabr Davashem Mizchav and Aser. He says Davashem Mizchav and Aser. And since you might end up doing a Machlek to your Kalim as you're shining them, it's a Davashem Mizchav and you didn't have intent to do it, it's still Aser. That's where you're not allowed to use Nasr and Chal, Harab Shimon, but the one that says you are allowed to use Nasr and Chal is Rab Shimon, the Amr Darshim is Chavin Mutter. You're allowed to do it. So the Gemara says, hold on. The brass that allows us to use Nasr and Chal for shining Kalim is like Rab Shimon, but Amos Seifa, the end of that brass that says, you're not allowed to rub your head with them because you might end up causing hair to fall out, and on Shabbos, that's an issue of Gaizes. And if you Rab Shimon, if it was Rab Shimon, Mishra Kashari, he would allow you to do that. How do we know that? Did not. We have a Mishnah. No, no, based on the top. Nazir, a Nazir who's not allowed to cut his hair, and so a Nazir, for all intents and purposes, is like a regular person on Shabbos, where you're not allowed to cut your hair, you have to make sure your hair doesn't fall out. A Nazir is allowed to rub his hair and separate his hair with his fingers. Of a Loisarik, he's not allowed to comb it with a comb, because then he's going to for sure make hair fall out. So we see the Rabb Shimon does allow a Nazir to rub his head, therefore on Shabbos, you're allowed to rub your head with something that's not necessarily going to make your hair fall out. This Brasa can't be like him. The Gemara says, you're right. Both Brasas are Rabbi Yehuda. It's Machlaikas Tanaim, what Rabbi Yehuda would hold in this case. Hi, Tana, Levi, Rabbi Yehuda, Savar. The Tana, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that says that you are not allowed to use Nasser and Chol, he holds Garir, is that since there's a possibility of it scraping your Kalim, Garir means scraping, there's a possibility of it scraping your Kalim, Davashem Mishchadim is going to be Usr. Hi, Tana, Levi, Rabbi Yehuda, Savar, the one that allows you to use Nasser and Chal, says, Garir, it will 100% not scrape your keli, therefore you will most definitely not be over any sort of iser, therefore you're allowed to use it. The Gemara says, hold on, how can you still say both brasses are like Rabbi Yehuda? Seifa, the end of that first brasa says, you're allowed to wash your face, hands, and feet with it. But how could you do so? You're causing facial hair to be removed. Obviously, a man has a beard, and it's going to cause some of his beard to fall out. The Gemara says, you're right, it's possible we're talking about a katan, and therefore he doesn't have any facial hair. It's talking about a woman, and we hope she doesn't have facial hair. We're talking about a Swiss, which is a man that's unable to grow a beard, so all these people don't have any facial hair, and that's why you're allowed to clean your face with it. And it's not a problem. Both brasses could be like Rabbi Yehuda. However, there isn't necessarily a machlekas tanaim about whether or not you need to do a maisa to something while you're doing a yichud to remove its mukta status on Shabbos. Now, once the Gemara mentioned the different cleaning agents that you could clean your face with, the Gemara continues with that. Amr Avihuda, offer Levinta, powdered brick, shari may be used to clean your face on Shabbos. We don't have to be afraid you're going to remove some hair. Amr Avyasef, Kuspa Diazmin, sesame pulp shari is also mutter. Amrava, offer pilpoli shari, crushed pepper is mutter. Amrav Sheshes, barda shari, barda's mutter. My barda, what's that? Amrav Yosef, tilsa ahala, tilsa asa, tilsa sigali. It's a third aloe, a third myrtle, which is hadas, and a third violet. Amrav Nechemi bar Yosef, kolei chedalaka ruba ala, shabri As long as it's not majority made up of aloe, then it's okay, which means even if it's more than a third, you're still allowed to use it. Now the Gemara says, Bomi name Rav Sheshes, they asked the question of Rav Sheshes. Malav tzayah, Zesim Shabbos, is a person allowed to be paitzea olives on Shabbos? 
Shabbos. Usually we use the word Paitzea, it means to break nuts open. Over here it means to bruise, like a pet size of bruise. Are you allowed to bruise olives on Shabbos? Olives were very bitter and they would smash them against rocks to bruise them and sweeten them up a bit. Right now we're understanding that his question is, is that if you're not able to eat the olive before bruising it, so then it's called Meshava Eichel. Now you're making it into food right now and that's an Isra of Nailid, like creating something new on Shabbos. So are you allowed to do that? Armelahus, Rav Shesh just responded, are you allowed to even do that during the week? Kasavar, Rav Shesh holds, Mishum Hefzid Eichlin, because right now you're causing food to be lost because the olive oil, the juice that's going to get squeezed out of it as you smash it against the rock is going to get ruined. The Gemara says, Let's say Rav Shesh argues with Shmuel. Shmuel says, You're allowed to do whatever you want with the bread as long as you need it for eating. So you're allowed to squish it or crush it or crumble it. That's not a problem. So for sure you're allowed to do that with the olives. Obviously, Rav Sheshis is not like Shmuel. And the Gemara says, says no, that's not, a, that's not a raya. Amri, Pasla, Me'isa. Bread doesn't get gross when you do that. You could still eat it. Hani, Me'isi, these juices that come out when you smash them against the rock become gross because they fall into the rock and now you can't use this juice. And that's why Rav Sheshis would say you're not allowed to do so with olives, but very potentially you're allowed to do so with bread. Back to the topic of cleaning agents. Amemar Marzotcha Ravashi Havyasvi, they were sitting. Aisula Kamayu Barda, they brought Barda in front of them. Amemar Ravashi Mashu, they washed themselves with it. Marzotcha Lai Masha, he didn't wash. Amrulay, they said to him, You don't hold a Rav Shesha says that Barda is Mutter. Amrulahu Rav Mordechai, Rav Mordechai said to them, he was also standing there, except for him. Even during the week, he holds your Nala to do so. Savar Lak, Yehatanya, he holds like the following Brysa, Magar Adam Gilday Tzayv, Gilday Maka, Shalbasari. A person is allowed to scrape crusted filth and scabs from his flesh, Bishvil Tsarai, that's only if they bother him. In Bishvil Yapa is Usr, but if he's doing so to beautify himself, that's Usr. Why? There's a Pasuk, Lo Yilbash Gever Simas Isha, a man is not allowed to groom himself like a woman does, and that's considered grooming yourself just to wash yourself. However, in who they, Keman Savrua, who do they hold like? Kiatana like the following. Brysa, Rechitz on the Pan of Yad a person should wash his face, hands, and feet every single day. Bishvil Kaine, in honor of his maker. Mishim Shinemr, it says in the Pasuk, Kaopal Hashem Lamaineu, all Hashem has done is for his sake. When you keep clean, that brings honor with Hashem because we're all created, but so you should wash your hands, feet, and face every single day, and it's not a problem of La Yilbash. Continues the Gemara explaining the Mishnah. argued about when a person did Hatmana with his pot inside Gizet Semer. How does one remove his food? Rebbe Lezab said you should just pick up the entire thing and pour it out. Don't remove your pot. However, the Chamim say you could remove your pot. Everyone agrees that if the cavity that was created by this pot being mutman inside the Gizet Semer gets ruined, you're not allowed to put your pot back in. You're going to end up moving the Gizet Semer and that's the issue of Tiltal Mukta. Tanan or Mishnah told us you could take your pot out and put it back in. Hey, what's going on? If the cavity didn't get ruined, what they're saying makes sense, and it's not a chiddush. must be Even though the, the cavity did get ruined, they still allow you to put it back in. Obviously, what Rav Chiyabrashi said is not so. The Gemara says, Loi, loi lam de The Chum we're talking about where it didn't get ruined. They're all arguing about whether or not we suspect it's going to get ruined. says, We're afraid it is going to get ruined. Therefore, don't take the pot out lest it gets ruined, and then you're going to end up moving the Gizit Sam around. We're not afraid it's going to get ruined. But obviously, if it did get ruined, you're not allowed to put your pot back in. Now, halachas regarding tiltal mukta 
by taking something out and put it, putting it back in, similar to the pot case. Amrav Huna, Haisli Kusta. This was a beautiful, fragrant plant that wealthy people used to use to smell. They would take a pot full of dirt. They would put this plant inside. Whenever they want to smell it, they would take the plant out, smell it, and then put it back in. So the Gemara says, Datsa Shalfa Vahadar Datsa. If a person put it in inserted it into the dirt, took it out, and put it back in on Erev Shabbos, Sharyos, and then you're allowed to take it out on Shabbos to smell it and put it back in. V'yilav. However, if you didn't do so before Shabbos, also you're not allowed to take it out on Shabbos because the hole is not sufficiently wide enough, so when you put it back in, it's going to move some of the dirt. However, if you did this hole, taking it out and put it back in before Shabbos, now the hole is wide enough and you're not going to move dirt. Another halacha like this, Amr Shmuel, Hai Sakina Debene Urve, you stored your knife in between rows of bricks. Datsa, shelf of Hadar Datsa, you put it in, took it out, and put it back in before Shabbos. Shari, so you're allowed to do so on Shabbos. Vilav Asr, if not, then it would be Asr to do so on Shabbos. Again, maybe you're going to end up moving the little mukta pieces of mortar and sand that are in between the bricks. Some people say this is because of Baina, you're going to end up widening the hole in the wall, and that's a problem of building. The Gemara continues, that if you want to put your knife into a comb of reeds. This is really referring to a bundle of densely packed reeds. Shopper dummy, you're allowed to put it back in on Shabbos, even though you didn't do this whole taking it out and put it back in thing before Shabbos. And we're not afraid that when you put your knife in on Shabbos, you're going to end up scraping off a piece of a reed, and that's going to be an issue of mamachik. Amalei of Mordechai Rava. Must Rav Katina Tiyofta. Rav Katina asks a refutation from a brisa. Hatoyimin lefes with snoyinus tachzagefen. A person takes lefes, which is turnip or radish, and puts it underneath a grapevine. He hides it in the dirt underneath the grapevine. He just wants to store it there. Imhoy mixes all of megulim. If some of the leaves are revealed above the ground, meaning he can grasp hold of them and take it out by these leaves. Enuchayshish. He doesn't have to be worried about the following things. Nun alaf amad alaf on the top. Not because of kilayim, it's usher to plant radish or turnip with grapevine, but over here he's not planting anything, he's simply storing it in the ground, so it's not a problem of kilayim. You're not allowed to plant anything on shemitah, however here it's not considered a planting, again he's just storing it. Since he's not planting it, he doesn't have to take off miser from it once he takes it out of the ground. And you can even take it out on Shabbos as long as you grasp it by the leaves and you take it out. Obviously, we see over here that you don't need to put it in, take it out, and put it back in. And it's not a problem if you're going to shift some of the dirt when you take it out. So we have a brisa, not like these halachas of Rav Huna. The Gemara says, Tiofta, you're right, it's a refutation, and therefore you do not have to do this. Datsa shalfa v'datsa, putting it in, taking it out, and putting it in again on Shabbos, it's not a problem. As long as you put it in before Shabbos, you can take it out on Shabbos and everything's okay. Everyone should have a wonderful day.